my name is Maude Okra Hunter, and the key to success and longevity is truly believing in yourself and what you're capable of doing. I think what you have to remember is that sometimes when people tell you no and you can't do it, that's them seeing themselves in your dream and vision, right? That's not really you. So if you see and you have that vision and the mindset, you have to believe in yourself in order to move it forward. So, you know, be careful of the no's and the naysayers because that's really what the driver is and believe in yourself and what you're capable of doing and you will surprise yourself. So I think that's one of the big things is we have to acknowledge that really there's sort of this institutionalized racism where people haven't had to learn about texture, right? So if they haven't had to learn, then how do they really know? They have to take that extra step. We talk about, and people get into a little bit as well, why does it have to be about race? Why is it about race? And my view is that I don't believe at first it was about race. I think we have to kind of not construe, misconstrue the two things. Mm -hmm. But what we have to understand is, is that because of the lack of skill set, it disproportionately affected black talent. So that's how it became about race. Welcome to the Friends in Beauty podcast, a safe space for ambitious beauty industry creatives to have real talk, get authentic answers and practical tools to grow their businesses. Join me every week as me and my special guests reveal the keys to longevity and success in the beauty industry from the ups and downs of their journey to the nitty gritty of their struggles and triumphs. We're spilling the tea on it all and most importantly, having fun while doing it. You ready? Hey, what's up? It's your best friend in beauty here, Aquia Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of the Friends in Beauty podcast. I'm so happy to have y'all here, and I hope you're listening to this episode in high spirits and in good health. Now, this is a very special episode, y'all, of the Friends in Beauty podcast because I'm live at Busboys and Poets in Columbia. Am I live? Oh, I love the energy. Yes. Okay, so... On this episode of the Friends of Beauty podcast, I have the pleasure of welcoming Maud Okra Hunter to the Friends of Beauty guest chair. So with over 12 years of experience working in strategy with startups and Fortune 500 companies, Maud is now the founder and CEO of the Black Beauty Roster, a digital diversity, equity, and inclusion platform that connects the TV, film, and editorial world with hairstylists, makeup artists, trained in textured hair and darkened complexions, while also increasing education around textured hair and darkened complexions to, in, to the industry at large, y'all. This is going to be a very cool conversation. So without further ado, please help me welcome Maude Okra Hunter to the Friends of Beauty guest chair. And check her out with her purple, y'all. The color purple. All right. Welcome to the Friends of Beauty podcast, Maud. Thank you for having me. Can you hear me okay? Y'all can hear Maud? Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay, okay. good. Yay. Yay. Okay, so the way that I love to do these things on the Friends of Beauty podcast, I love to start off with icebreakers. Just to get us warmed up so the Friends of Beauty audience can get to know you a little bit outside of what you do for your brand. Okay. Nothing crazy. All right. So the first one, just give us three random facts about you. Three random facts. Um, so I'm Ghanaian American, so shout out to Ghana, best jollof rice, if you know about it, you know. <laughs> um, what else? I'm actually double jointed all on my right side, which is interesting. Okay. Yeah, we'll find out later, I guess. 
Um, and then third, um, I grew up in Worcester, Massachusetts. It's uh, right outside of Boston. So for those that may know, shout out to Worcester. Yeah, that double joint thing might come in handy one day. You might have to get out of a tight situation. Yeah, you, you know. That. I, 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 no, <laughs> well, pop, lock, and drop it. Okay, so when is the last time that you did something for the first time? Ooh, um, I'm trying to think. I love this question. You spice I was going to say Usher, but I've, uh, I saw him when I was very young, so I guess I don't, not very young, but younger, so I don't really count recently. Um, Any new experiences lately? I'm trying to think. Life's just been a bit of a blur. 2023. Oh, I got married. Did yes. that for the first time. Yeah, there we go. There we go. It's coming to me. Like it's coming it. to me. You know, yes. The, the so, hyphenated name now, because when know. I met you, it was just Maude Okra, but yep. now it's Okra Hunter. Add it on, girl, yes. Okay. Add it on. I love it. Okay, so the last one. If you weren't the founder of the Black Beauty roster, is there anything else you could see yourself doing right now? Ooh. Um, you know, I would probably go back to school to um, become a therapist. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I feel like. Uh, I was recently at um, a Black Mental Health and Beauty Symposium in Boston, and yeah. it's so important to have people in rooms that look like us. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, especially in the Black community, like therapy has been so taboo, and now we're opening up. And you know, I wish if it was something that maybe I, I was exposed to younger, mm -hmm. I would have probably pursued it more. But I find like probably in the last couple of years, I've learned more about it. And I was mm. like, oh, if I wasn't doing this, like I would want to learn to be able to give back and you know, just help as many people from the mental health standpoint. I think yeah. it's so important. So. It's so important. And yeah. Dr. Fia, I had Dr. Fia on the yes, Friends of Beauty podcast yes. recently. Love Dr. Fia. And what she does is truly amazing, y'all. She's a hairstylist and she's a psychologist. Yeah. And she arms us with what she calls first aid techniques to be able to deal with our clients when they're in our chair because you know they're we're their therapists okay yeah so just being That's able to right. recognize certain signs and you know direct them appropriately so yeah. make sure y'all check out that episode too yes yes Definitely. i love it okay so i would love to know Maude, from your like point of view or your words what is the black beauty roster so Black Beauty roster um, is sort of twofold. So it's a DEI platform that connects uh, the media and fashion industry with hairstylists that can work with all textures and makeup artists that can work with all complexions, but especially textured hair and darker complexions, right? I'm sure a lot of us in the room have like seen the tweets, we've read the articles of just horrible experiences, right? Models have had with like their hair being broken off to you know, actresses complaining about, you know, not having people on set that can work with their complexion, having to bring their own products onto set, um, and literally crying in their trailers. And while, you know, we recognize it's important to have the conversation, it really raised this question more around, like, what do we wanna do about it? Like, what do solutions look like? So, you know, yes, the diversity and inclusion piece is important, but also equity, like, we need to get the money as well and get the opportunities and how do we create ways to make that happen. So yeah. that's really what BBR is about, is building community. It's about educating as many people as we can and it's about advocating for the people that feel like they don't have a voice, they feel like they, don't, they can't speak up. 
and sometimes aren't allowed to be in certain rooms. So yeah. that's what we're about. I absolutely love that. And like you said, we all have heard the stories before, before. Yeah. especially as a makeup artist. When we get models, I've heard some crazy things that, of models literally being on sets of really high profile, like high, really high profile campaigns for things and the makeup artist there doesn't have their shade or they have to go in the bathroom and do their makeup their, themselves. Like I've heard those stories like time and time again. Yeah, I mean, there was even one where um, we did like survey and interviews and a model was talking about how a makeup artist told her that her lips were so big that she owed her a new lipstick. Wow. Like just the craziest heartbreaking stories and to feel so comfortable to be able to say that, like what? Um, so. Hey, I have a serious question for you. You trust me, right? Yes? I heard you say yes, right? You heard them say yes, right? Okay, listen, if you said yes and you have a product or service-based business that you want to expose to a loyal and engaged audience, then consider letting me share your business here on the Friends of Beauty podcast. Studies have shown that podcast listeners tend to trust the host, making the advertising messages more authentic and credible. And my favorite part, which a lot of people don't know, is the longevity. Unlike traditional ads that have a limited lifespan and disappear after your budget has been exhausted, my podcast episodes are available indefinitely. This means that your ad will continue to reach new listeners long after the initial episode airs. And you already know my consistency is off the chain. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. And as the Friends of Beauty podcast continues to grow, your brand will continue to reach a new audience. That's how it works here. So don't wait any longer. I want to expose your brand to my friends and beauty. All you have to do is click the link below with all of the details and we can make it happen. Anyways, let's go ahead and get back to the episode. It's just so important to have representation, you know, in these rooms and to know that like, your work deserves to be seen by the world. Absolutely. So, yeah. Now, Ma, you're not a makeup artist, hairstylist, or anything. Mm-mm, girl, so, but I appreciate y'all. Yeah, we appreciate <laughs> you too. But like, what made you, like, what was the opportunity that you saw personally to take this under your wing and go with it? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I guess I come from it from the client consumer side. So um, I lived and worked in a number of different cities. And I feel like for a lot of us in the room, when you're, in a new city, you know, you find your doctor, you find your church, and you find your hairstylist, right? Um, and it was so hard to find hairstylists um, and makeup artists. And then what started to happen was I had opportunities to speak on behalf of my company. At this point, I was uh, living in London. And, you know, they would offer hairstylists and makeup artists backstage. You know, I'm an everyday person. I'm like, wow, this is, what a lifestyle, you know? Like, being exposed to it. But the hairstylist like, wouldn't know what to do with my hair, the makeup artist wouldn't have my foundation, and you just felt like you were the problem, right? Mm-hmm. You felt like othered, and we get in this situation where we feel like, oh, we, we have to carry our products because we just can't afford not to, right? And really, we should be focused at uh, the job that, at hand, like what we're gonna do, whether that's to talk you know, on stage, whether that's to model, whether that's to act, But you're worried about, you know, what does your hair look like? What does your makeup look like? And I think sometimes beauty gets seen as vain, but it's not, right? It builds confidence. It helps us, like, really uh, feel empowered in different ways. And the, the role that beauty plays is so important in so many of our lives. So accessibility is important. 
But what started to happen was it was driven by group chats. So I started talking to my good girlfriends about it, and they all had the same issue, but we're in, but we're in completely different industries, right? So then we started off with your everyday woman, um, and then from there that led us into like executives. Then we started working with like public figures, and then that's where it led us to the celebrity world. Um, and we were shocked because we're like, y'all got all this money, it's all this access. Too long, you know, like I, I'm just like it didn't make sense because it wasn't a world that I knew. And then that's when you know actors and actresses were sharing more of their experiences. And then we started working with networks, and um, Warner Brothers Discovery was really the first network that um, saw BBR and saw the work we were doing and said, we want to work with you, we want to amplify and, and really bring solutions. So yeah. that's our story. I love it. This, yeah. is, this is really inspirational for sure. Thank you. Because a lot of times, I know within the beauty industry, we try to get into things that we think our clients need or just always thinking about what yeah. to do. But sometimes you can step outside your industry and still make an impact. Yeah. But one thing is like, I know that this has been going on for years. Like this is a conversation that I feel like really like revved up around the pandemic. I don't know, like it was yeah. like the height of it. Like people had just had enough. But like mm. in your opinion, based off of just the rooms that you've been able to be in so far, like how do you think people have been able to slip through the cracks all these years? Cause it's not a, it's not a black or a white thing. It's a qualified thing. Because mm. just because you black don't mean you can do black people hair and black people mm. complexions. It's more of a qualified thing. Mm. What is going on behind the scenes that people are slipping through the cracks and getting on these sets? So one thing I will say is I, I actually think in many instances, not all instances, but in many instances, that black hairstylists and makeup artists are actually overqualified. And the reason why I say that is we have to think about how the education piece is built, right? So if we look at even cosmetology school for hairstylists is that most of cosmetology education is learning on usually straight wavy hair, right? Mm -hmm. So then from there you go and get your cosmetology license and they're not testing or assessing if you can, do the you can work with texture in order to be licensed, right? Okay, so there's another flag. Then you get an opportunity in the union and, or like you may let's say go work in a salon, then you get a break into TV and film and you get an opportunity to get into the union, the union is not assessing if you can work with textured hair, mm. right? So now you've gone from school without learning about texture. You've now gone and gotten your license, didn't have to show if you can do texture. You've worked in a salon, you get a breakthrough into TV and film, haven't touched texture. What we're seeing now, especially in the last sort of decade is there's more representation in front of the camera, right? We're telling more authentic stories. We're telling stories about the communities we all live and know. And in doing so, what you now have is texture sitting in your chair, mm -hmm. right? So you could have gone 15, 20 years without ever having to really touch texture. And now with all the shifts we're seeing, texture is sitting in your chair. So I think that's one of the big things is we have to acknowledge that really there's sort of this institutionalized racism where people haven't had to learn about texture, mm -hmm. right? So if they haven't had to learn, then how do they really know? They have to take that extra step. Um, so I think that's some of it. I think also the industry is a lot of who you know, yeah. right? Um, and also who you trust, which we all do that, right? You wanna work with the people you know and trust, but when those circles look exactly like you, diversity continues to be on the outside, mm -hmm. right? Opportunities mm -hmm. continue to be on the outside, and that's where the notion of gatekeeping starts to happen. Right. So 
that's why I think it's 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 happened. Yeah, and I just saw that in New York, I believe they just oh, passed yeah. something that is like mandatory for them in cosmetology schools yep. to learn how to do texture yeah. hair. Yeah. So it really is like a foundational yeah. thing. Yeah. And I'm surprised with the union. The union makes you do so much to get in there. I'm surprised they all make you do a texture, some braids or something. I don't know. You got to do like ball caps and like all these things. There's yeah, At least so the I think one of the, the biggest drivers is around the hours, right, and being able to, to get the hours. Mm -hmm. And my understanding was that, like, years and years ago, they used to have, like, a really skill-based okay. um, assessment that went into getting into union. Um, and then they took that away. I'm not really sure exactly the details of that. But, mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot. So I think in addition to New York, so shout out to New York, which now requires texture hair education. So yes. we appreciate it and uh, the folks behind that. But also, there are two states now that require demonstrating the ability to work with textured hair to get your license. Anybody want to take a guess at those two states? Hmm. I don't know. So Maybe. I heard in Atlanta. Is, no? No? Cali? No? No? Maryland. Who said? Someone said Maryland? No? I said Maryland. <laughs> no? Dang. Let's lay all the 50 states, y'all. Let's all go. Right, I know. I'm going to give y'all one more <laughs> guess before I say it. Virginia, Ohio, Florida. <laughs> no, so it is Louisiana. That was the first. Okay. And second was recently in the last couple of months was uh, New Jersey. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fun fact. So, you know, making small strides, which is great, but we got a long way. So, you know, yeah. that's where we're at. So I recently saw on the Black Beauty rosters page mm -hmm. about the, what is it, the hair and makeup equity in SAG-AFRA AFTRA agreement. Yes. And I was like almost on the floor because yeah. the things that they were able to put in there. Yeah. Can you share some of them? Yeah. So I'm not sure if everyone's familiar with it, but, um, Crazy. you know, I'm sure a lot of us saw the strike that was happening, which went into contract negotiation. So one of the proposals in that contract negotiation was uh, a hair and makeup equity proposal, which uh, essentially leaned into requiring the studios and um, uh, essentially productions to ensure that talent can have consultations for hair and makeup needs. And if the department head is not able to meet that, then that talent can go offsite and be paid for their time to get their hair done or makeup done um, and also have that service paid for was one of the big ones. And then it also included um, ensuring that there was access to education and training and also um, working with the unions to create you know, sort of lists of hairstylists and makeup artists that can work with all textures and all complexions, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's really key in the language because, you know, one of the things that we talk about and people get into a little bit is, well, why does it have to be about race? Why is it about race? And my view is that I don't believe at first it was about race. I think we have to kind of not construe, misconstrue the two things. It's about skill set. Mm -hmm. But what we have to understand is, is that because of the lack of skill set, it disproportionately affected black talent. So that's how it became about race, mm -hmm. you see? So I think really the important piece is that this is about skill set. And then after skill set, I think it's then a conversation about representation, right? And, and the important role that that plays. Yeah. But nobody wants to skirt the skill set. And I say that for a few reasons because what you don't want is there to be a perception created 
that, oh, you know, that black hairstylist got in because she's black, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, that makeup artist got in because she's, she's black. Because that's also not fair to the artists. They got in because they're talented. They right. got in because they can do the work. Right. So that's why it's important to make sure that, you know, we're creating more equitable spaces mm-hmm. where, you know, really it's about the skill set and ensuring that you're allowing, you know, equity and opportunity for all mm-hmm. based on skill set and not for some. Yeah. So, yeah. How can view. us as beauty industry creatives, or just if you're an ally, what, what if you're not in the industry? Because it's not just beauty industry people here. Yeah. How can we use our platforms to like amplify this message or just create more awareness around it? Yeah, I think the big thing is continuing the conversation on social. You know, posting about it, sharing it is um, really important, and also signing different petitions, right? Like, for instance, Texture of Change has a petition around trying to get more awareness of, you know, um, textured hair in beauty schools, um, about, you know, ensuring that cosmetology license tests also have demonstration of textured hair. So those small things make a big impact. Sign the petition, talk about it, share, amplify on social, um, because we've seen the power of social media Mm -hmm. and how it can get movements going and get people to listen and act. So... That, that's what a lot of people that are not in the industry can really help move it forward. Love it. And how can we get on the roster, like on the Black Beauty roster? Yeah, girl, simple. Just, you know, <laughs> go to the website, www.blackbeautyroster.com. Um, and, you know, that allows you to be a part of the community. And then we have some vetting and questions that we ask that kind of get you um, into the network to see how we help set up people for success, right? Because based on your skill set and experience, we want to make sure we're putting you in positions to win. Um, and then also ensure that we're helping companies truly diversify. Because one thing we want to be careful of is we don't want to create situations where it's like, oh, well, I tried with Mod and it didn't work. So I'm going to go back and do what I do. We want to make sure we take away excuses and really bring forward solutions and bring our best foot forward for everybody. Because yeah, we only get one chance, right? Like, yeah. I think in most instances, it should be about that individual. But when we get into those trailers sometimes, when we get in those rooms, we are representing a whole community, mm-hmm. right? And we can argue that's not fair, but that's the reality of it. And we want to get to a point where you know, it's you, truly you by yourself and the work that you're doing, but until then, when we get that shot, it's a shot for everybody. Mm-hmm. And we have to make sure we put our best foot forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So at the end of the day, Ma, like, what do you want your legacy to be with this work? Because this is making a change, and I, I would imagine even five years from now, things are gonna be like totally different. It's gonna be almost like night and day with yeah. the strides that you're already making. Like, what do you want your legacy to be? So, if I'm being honest, I don't want it to be about me, mm-hmm. right? Like for a while, people didn't even know like I was behind Black Beauty roster. I was just like, yeah. just do the work because, you know, when when people talk to us like, oh, what do you want it to be? Ten years, fifteen years? I'm actually hoping we don't exist, right? Like I, I hope mm-hmm. it's a world where that is truly equitable, and people are getting on their merit, and people are getting opportunities, and we look like the communities we live and work in, you know, behind the scenes and backstage, yeah. like. That to me, success, that's, that's impact. And you know, it was one of those pieces when I got the, the email um, from some folks we were speaking with and working with at SAG and they were talking about um, the hair and makeup equity. Like I almost cried, right? Because when you see things and you've been talking about it for a while and talking about it and you see that it's actually moving, 
it, it just makes you pause and reflect like, wow, like change can happen, right? And you can be a part of it and it's important. And I think one of the big pieces for me is for, you know, we've had some hairstylists come up to us uh, after we did a training because we also do education work. And um, she was in tears and I was like, oh, you know, what do we do? <laughs> um, but she said, thank you, because she felt seen for the first time. Like, she felt, like, heard, and she also felt empowered, like she had steps she could take. So for me, those are the things that are important in terms of legacy and impact. I love it. I love yeah. that you like, it's not about me. And I love the fact that you don't want to exist. It shouldn't be a conversation, like, yeah. 10 years from now. It should just be the norm. Yeah. Yeah. Is there yeah. anything that's coming up next for the Black Beauty roster that you can share, like 2024? That's a good question. Um, we have some things coming up. So, of course, you know about our Black Beauty Excellence Luncheon. So... Um, we partnered with New York Fashion Week on that last year. We're excited to be doing that again because, you know, this work is a lot. It can be taxing, it can be tiring, but we want to create spaces to celebrate. So that's what the Black Beauty Excellence Luncheon is all about, is that if people won't give us our flowers, we'll give our flowers to ourselves and honor and recognize, but also create a space to have the conversation. And, you know, instead of calling people out, kind of calling people in to look for solutions. So we got that. And then um, we're going to have a BBR uh, beauty summit coming up um, in the spring. So keep your eyes and ears open to that. And then a couple of things I can't talk about just right now, but join our newsletter. You're going to find out. So I a lot of that. good things. I love that. When they're like, we can't talk about it. It's top secret. I love that because it's like, <laughs> I want to know. I'm so nosy. It's like, I need to know now. But we're definitely going to stay tuned and plugged into the Black Beauty roster. Yes. Before you go, I have to ask you the Friends and um, Beauty rapid yep. fire questions. I ask my guests all of okay. these. Okay. Every single guest has to answer this on the Friends of Beauty podcast. Okay. You're going to be great. Okay. They get so serious and they sit up straight when I say this. I know. Okay. Like, hmm. <laughs> so the first one is what are the top three keys to your success so far? Um, perseverance, patience, and empathy, I would say. I like that. Yeah. I like that. How do you measure your success? Ooh. <laughs> um, I think of like I think for me it's about strides that are being made in the industry and actually seeing the change, mm -hmm. um, and then hairstylists and makeup artists that reach out and thank us for the work we're doing yeah. lets us know like it's worth it even on the hardest days to keep going. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. What is the best advice you've ever received, or just a piece of advice that's always stuck with you you never forgot? Hmm. Someone said to me once that the best compliment you can give someone is to ask them for their advice. Um, and that always stayed with me because I feel like in spaces like this, people are always trying to network up and, you know, um, forget about networking beside and below them. And when you ask someone for their advice, for me, it means that you value their opinion, you value their, respect, their perspective, and you value them. And I think we can always learn from everyone. So when you see someone doing something that you like or interested in um, or just learning, don't be afraid to ask people for their advice. I think that's like one of the best compliments you can give them. Someone told me that like that. maybe 15 years ago and it stayed with me. I love that. Okay. Yeah. What advice would you give to another beauty pro right now who is just struggling with their business and they're just like, I should just go back to corporate and just stay there. I'm going to quit. What advice would you give them? Mm. It's hard, but is it worth it? 
And the reason why I say that is when, when you're struggling, you go back to corporate, you're not gonna love it. So you're not gonna enjoy the work that you're doing. So I think it's really more of a question of how do you buckle down and really lean into what you love and find a way to make it work for mm -hmm. you. And I think one of the things that we don't do is sometimes sit, think, write, and strategize. So why isn't it working, right? And kind of leaning into understanding that. So that way you don't have to quit, um, what, so you don't have to quit doing what you're passionate about. Because yeah. that's, the, that's the best part of life is living every day doing what you love, right? So try and find how to make it work. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Gotta make it work, y'all. I know it's hard, but dang, yeah. make it work. What is a resource that helps you in your business that you can share with the friends and beauty community? Um, so there's a book called Blue Ocean Strategy that I read years ago that... Um, Blue Ocean Strategy? Yeah, that just kind of helped me look at the world differently. Mm -hmm. um, and I would also say is kind of find like what I call your starting five. So really kind of your group of like mentors or even peers, right? Because again, I don't think it's just networking up. I think you can find mentors beside you and even sometimes below you um, that you can really go to. So in those hard times when you want to leave it all, you have someone you can talk to and strategize with and really have is sort of like in your corner. Um, because what you also have to realize is Sometimes we're getting opportunities because people are talking about us in rooms that we're not in. Yes. So we have to understand who those people are because you know I've come to find out people have been talking about BBR in, in rooms that I may never be in, right? Um, but what it does is it opens up and it creates opportunity. And I think one of the other pieces true is um, being true to yourself and not really getting caught up in the politics of the industry sometimes because I believe in karma, and I believe just being a good person is, is just so important in these spaces. Mm -hmm. um, and I've, I've, seen, I've seen some things where I'm like, oh, wow. Where it travels. But yeah, mm -hmm. I think it's just be true to yourself, and if you're good with yourself and you can look at yourself in the mirror, I think that's what matters, um, and hold on to that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So the last one, this is the last oh, wow. one. I just want you to fill in the blank and say, my name is blank mod okay and the key to longevity and success is whatever you think it is possible you know personally just fill in that blank so my name is blank and the key to longevity and success is okay <laughs> these are like oprah questions yeah. <laughs> so my name is mod okra hunter and the key to success mm -hmm. and longevity is that what it is mm -hmm. to success and longevity um is truly believing in yourself and what you're capable of doing. Because what you have to remember, sorry, I'm gonna explain oh, a little bit. Sure. But I think what you have to remember is that sometimes when people tell you no and you can't do it, that's them seeing themselves in your dream and vision, right? That's not really you. So if you see and you have that vision and the mindset, you have to believe in yourself mm -hmm. in order to move it forward. So, you know, be careful of the no's and the naysayers because that's really what the driver is and believe in yourself and what you're capable of doing and you will surprise yourself. Absolutely, so. I love that. Yeah. Before you go, Ma, please yeah. share like social media, however you want people to connect with Black Beauty Roster and yes. follow the journey. Yeah, so at Black Beauty Roster is who we are on Instagram, so Black Beauty Roster. 
Um, same thing with our TikTok at Black Beauty Roster. And our website is uh, www.blackbeautyroster.com. So thank you. Thank you so much, Yes, Mar. Yes, thank you for having You're me. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Friends in Beauty podcast. Don't forget, sharing is caring. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with another friend in beauty. Give it a thumbs up and subscribe. Rate and leave a five-star review so that other friends in beauty can find the show. Plus, we'd love to hear your feedback. Connect with us on all social media platforms at Friends in Beauty, hashtag Friends in Beauty to join the conversation, and join our Friends in Beauty Facebook community to stay connected. Talk to you soon.